0: Denver Broncos running back Javante Williams will make his preseason debut for the Denver Broncos exactly over a year since tearing his ACL. How many snaps will he play? Plus, will a Broncos rookie play in Saturday's game? Well, you're going to get that and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome to a brand new episode. Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, so make sure you subscribe or follow so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownnfl. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownnfl to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There, my friend, the final practice that Broncos fans were able to attend for training camp has officially concluded. And now the stage is set for Saturday showdown week two of the NFL preseason against the San Francisco 49ers. We don't know if the 49ers starters are going to play in this game, but we do know one starter will get some run his first run since suffering a major injury last season. Javante Williams is back.
1: He's back, and he's going to play roughly 10 to 12 snaps, according to Sean Payton, and they want to get him involved. So I guess we can kind of expect Javante to be a little bit featured when he's out there on the field, and that's great news for him, for the Denver Broncos. Of course, there were all these rumors throughout the offseason, right? The Broncos could potentially go after a free agent running back or try to trade for somebody or go after somebody in the draft. But really, Cody, we saw them make just one minor move. It was bringing in Samaj P. Right. And I say minor by comparison, I guess, is kind of what I mean there to all these other ideas that were floated about. And I think this is going to be a real test for us to all be able to see. And of course, we can't make sweeping judgments based on one preseason outing, but I do think it's going to be very important for Javante to show that he, he looks fresh out there, that he looks like himself, right? Because He's the type of player that he excels at dragging guys after the after you know, after contact, getting yards after the line of scrimmage where there may seemingly be no play to be made, and he makes one. He's he, his game is just so much built off of that. But we also know he's valuable on all three downs, and I think that we're going to see just a, a little taste, a little glimpse of the the Javante that we once saw now here in Sean Payton's offense.
0: Well, Sean Payton even said after practice too, in, in his mind, in a perfect world in this game, getting him at least three carries, but up to 10 total snaps. So he could maybe have three reps as a pass catcher out of the backfield Here, I want to ask you this question here because I think it's important we debate. I I think for, for Javante, he's looked good in training camp and he runs crisp and they've been very smart with him. And Sean Payton even alluded to it. They want to be smart with him once again. Like you don't want to go out there and run him 15 times into the, the ground in the preseason, kind of what the the Raiders did last year with Josh Jacobs in the Hall of Fame game. Everyone was wondering, like, what the heck are they doing here? He ended up being obviously the best back in the NFL last season. But I think for Javante, one thing I want to see specifically from him, I want to see that first carry. I want to see what it is, though. Is it an inside run? Is it a toss to the outside? Is it a counter? And what does he do when that first defender comes up? Or what does he do when that first defender goes to tackle him low? To me, that's one thing I want to see from him. In your opinion, what are you looking forward to seeing from Javante?
1: I want to see just the full gambit of skills, right? You want to see him stick his nose in there and pass protection. You want to see him catch a pass out of the backfield and make plays after the catch. Just seeing him cut and make those decisive moves with the ball in space. And I don't think we need to see a ton. Like, I think if no. he's out there for one, maybe two series, I just want to see the explosiveness. I want to see the physicality, right? You, you just want to know that Javante back. It's not just a guy out there wearing number 33 with his name on the back of it it's it's actually him out there right you know and and i what i mean by that is like just for him to be able to to show that power to show that aggressiveness and that that instinct is back that he's not hesitating as you've talked about on this show many times cody after a knee injury, it can take some time just mentally to kind of get back to doing what you know how to do best, I guess, or to, to be yourself out there. So that's what I'm saying. I want to see Javante be himself out there, even if it's just for a handful of plays.
0: You know what? I I think one series is good in my opinion, but yeah, if he does, if he runs through somebody, you know, as Marshall would say, run through somebody's face. I can't say the other part of that year on this show, we're not allowed to here, but I I, I think it'll be a step in the right direction. Look, we even talked to Randy Gregory following Thursday's practice. And he said, he knows how I feel about him. He's our little superstar. So it's good to kind of hear that. I I just think in general players, offensively, defensively, they look at where Javante Williams was at in his recovery They saw him and seeing the progress that he has made. It's exciting to see and to see that camaraderie inside the locker room, I think is important. But now on the other side of things, we look, we know we're going to see Javante Williams. We're going to see another guy as well that we didn't get to see in the first preseason game. And that is rookie wide receiver, Marvin Mims. He's set to make his preseason debut. And I'm very curious as well, what we're going to see from him in terms of snap volumes, because look, he's a rookie needs to play. Right. And so is he going to be in the same category? Because right now he's kind of replacing Brandon Johnson in that rotation where Johnson was at, is he going to be limited or is he going to play as much as the starters and then get pulled out? I have a question about that, but I want to see what he can do in his first NFL game action.
1: I do too. And I wonder if he's going to play on special teams as well, right? Because he's listed as the top kickoff and punt returner for the Denver Broncos. And, The interesting thing is, is with his hamstring issue, I I guess we can't really, it's not been holding him out this week, but it's been something to keep an eye on, I guess, since the beginning of training camp, right? It's kind of very directly impacted Montreal, Washington's potential roster standing. And so are the Broncos going to throw him out there and get a look at him? In this preseason game or are they going to continue to ride with montrell in the punt return department because we know marvin mims is going to have some type of role in the offense this year if he's healthy he's going to play in the offense my biggest question with him is not can he catch the moon ball he's one of the best deep ball receivers in this incoming rookie class my question with him is not can he take the top off with speed or can he create after the catch my biggest question right now is are the Broncos willing to compromise what he can do in the offense by throwing him in the return game where, you know, anything can happen on, on any given one of those plays. And so, and I know that can happen, it's football, it can happen anytime, but special teams you subject guys to taking some big hits out there, especially in the return game. It's really directly impacting Montreal Washington. So there's this domino effect happening with the Broncos roster that we're going to get to see. Okay, if Marvin goes out there and shows some things offensively, are the Broncos maybe planning on not having him actually return kicks and punts this season. And I'm really intrigued by that.
0: Look, I I would just tell you this based on what I have seen, they want to get him and Montreal, a lot of reps in the return game, but I agree with you, Sarah, if he has more value to the Broncos on offense, bring him in, put him there on the offensive side of the ball. Let somebody else be the return guy, because you run into situations as well. Like think about it from this way. And this is a hypothetical and to your point, anything can happen. Let's say he goes to return a punt, gets blown up. Who was it a, a few years ago that went to go return a punt? Promising returner got hit in the knees and was out for quite some time. Was that when Isaiah McKenzie was still here, or was that a different returner here for the Broncos years back? Yeah, I think you know. I wonder, what I'm talking uh, about?
1: was it Isaiah Burse potentially? Isaiah Burse, it, or you know
0: what? It could have been him. It could have been him, but I I remember. I remember it impacted it impacted their ability to return. So for me. If a guy's part of your offense, keep him part of your offense, right? But if you put him out on special teams, he gets hurt, but he's a big part of your offense, then it hurts you negatively on the offensive side of the ball. So in Sean Payton's eyes, where does he have the most value to the team? I think it's that wide receiver considering Brandon Johnson's injury, considering the injury history of the position itself. I, I, would, I would be perfectly comfortable with Montreal just being the returner because we know like, hey, He's probably not going to contribute much on the offensive side of the ball, but could be used in a gadget role. But he, he can obviously impact the return game in such a big manner. Broncos Country, where do you stand on the subject as Sarah and I are discussing when it comes to Marvin Mims? Do you think he should do both offense and return the ball, or do you think he should just stay on the offensive side of the ball? If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comment section down below. If you're listening wherever you get your podcast, you can always tweet us at Cody NFL at Sarah Bettinger at locked on Broncos. But our conversation is going to continue here today on Lockdown Broncos as we recap some of the events in Thursday's practice, including the quarterbacks and the offense in red zone seven on seven being red hot. We talk about what stood out and we talk about the performance overall. You're going to get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And these days... Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's easy in minutes. You can create a job post at LinkedIn jobs. You can go there. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Make sure you close out the year strong with the right team member, courtesy of LinkedIn Jobs. It's why small businesses, they rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply.
1: Denver Broncos quarterbacks were catching fire in the red zone period of Thursday's practice. The final open training camp practice to fans out there Add Dove Valley Cody. I'm bummed to have missed another year of training camp. Hopefully I'll get back out there soon, but I'm sure it was exciting for the fans out there on the last day of official training camp. I guess we know Sean Payton. He said that it's there's no light at the end of the tunnel yet as far as training (laughs) camp officially is concerned, but for the fans, it's over. And we're going to discuss the quarterbacks getting white hot on today's show. But look, before we do that, we can't we can't go on without saying a huge thank you and shout out to all you everydayers, you everyday listeners of Lockdown Broncos. All of you who make us your first listen of the day every single day, man, we appreciate you so much. Wherever and however you listen to podcasts, we're grateful that you've decided to come on this ride with us as the Broncos look to get back to being uh, one of the best franchises in the NFL. It's been a dry run, but look, we come with optimism every single year, and we also bring objective coverage every single day on this show cody out there in denver and we just we love getting to do this with you alongside you bringing this uh the one of the best communities i would say cody in broncos country so for those of you that listen to the podcast in your car uh, during your workout wherever you are thank you and if you watch us on youtube as well appreciate you huge shout out to every single one of you but cody The quarterbacks, it sounds like they were catching fire out there at practice on Thursday. What can you tell us about maybe some red zone work that this team was getting done?
0: Yeah, red zone seven on seven. I mean, it's super important. And, And when I look at seven on seven, me as a defensive guy and as a guy who played, you know, I played receiver and I played corner. So I see the benefits of seven on seven as a receiver. I see some of the benefits as a defensive back. But overall, as a DB, I hated seven on seven because for me, it's like this isn't realistic to what. I do in my job. However, when you look at it from the offensive perspective for the receivers, for the quarterback, Sarah, it's all about timing. It's really about timing, and and I think it also encourages you to get the quick pass game going, and that's exactly what we saw from all three quarterbacks during the Broncos uh, final practice in front of fans here on Thursday at the Centura Health Training Center. A- as everything has gone, every period so far throughout training camp, let's say there's 12 plays. Sean Payton said it best. There's four plays for the first team, four plays for the second Four place for the third team red zone, seven on seven. We saw the Broncos offense first off with Russell Wilson on deck, first pass to Jerry Judy, moving the chains there getting closer to the red zone. I didn't want to call it the gold zone anymore. We don't talk about that anymore. Cause that never happened here in Denver. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, you saw Russell Wilson. His second pass was an attempt to Adam Troutman who had an opportunity, but to try to corral it in, but Patrick Sertan was covering him, was tight on his hip. And so, not good. Russ threw it out of bounds there. So, that was one incompletion on the day. But then, his next two passes, he connected with Greg Dulcich for a touchdown. He can, oh, it was, and he also connected with Cortland Sutton for a touchdown as well. So, he went three of four in that period, red hot. Ben DiNucci and also Jared Stidham followed suit. Now, Jared Stidham, very similar to Russ, three of four passing, two touchdown passes on four attempts. Ben DiNucci, two touchdown passes on four attempts didn't have a single incompletion in that period here. But for me, it's like, okay, I'm not so much looking into this, and I don't think fans should either as, okay, well, this guy caught a touchdown, this guy caught a touchdown. More so, the observation was, if the Broncos struggle with their protection, Sarah, it seems like they are doing things here in seven-on-seven seven that are going to put them in a position that even if their offensive line is not any good in pass pro, they can utilize a quick passing attack to do what they want and maybe combine that with a run game it will make them effective. And I think that's something that Derek Carr, when he was a member of the Raiders for years, I mean, that's where he really benefited against the Broncos in particular. Russell Wilson can do that. And also his escapability to be able to make something out of nothing is also something that has been on display. So for me, this was a period that really emphasized that, hey, we want to get the ball out of our hands quickly. We want to be decisive. And if a, pr- a play breaks down or there's good coverage, it turns into scramble drill. And we use our legs to try to create opportunities, which is exactly what we saw from all three quarterbacks in this period. Very effective day. And look, I, I'll just say this. Russ has been on fire a sense, you know, for about a week and a half now here. Consecutive days, you know, it's not like he he had one really good day. The next day he had a bad day. He's just been good day after good day after good day And you love to see that you love to see him taking some chances here, but also I think trusting the guys around him, trusting his receivers and more importantly, trusting the coaching staff, which Sarah, to me, that's the most important thing.
1: It is Cody. I mean, that's absolutely huge. You could tell last year, not that, not in a bad way, but you could tell last year, there was just uh, too much of a disconnect between Russ, the coaching staff, the scheme, Uh, the offensive line, the receivers, etc. It was just a a cluster and, and conglomeration of terrible things that piled up over the course of the season and really became apparent early on, specifically the lack of a short passing game, which I think you highlighting that really stands out to me because last year, that was arguably, in my opinion, the biggest weakness of this Denver Broncos offense. Not only did you have you know, some tough sledding in the running game, you lose running back one. Running back two is ineffective and in fumbling the ball. So you bring in Latavius Murray to kind of keep that part of your offense afloat, but you didn't have a short passing game to supplement when your running game was getting shut down. The Broncos having a short passing game this season is going to be absolutely critical. Why? Because I think they have so many players in this offense, Cody, that excel at creating yardage after the catch. Cortland Sutton has always been that type of guy to me, kind of in the Brandon Marshall mode, right? Jerry Judy is very, very crafty after the catch. He's kind of like a, a you know, a basketball point, like an Allen Iverson type out there who's just out there breaking ankles, you know, when he's got one-on-one situations. And, and Greg Dulcich again big play threat who typically does his best work after the catch even if it is in a straight line there so I will be very very excited to see a short passing game emerge for this Denver Broncos team we saw glimpses of it didn't we in that first preseason game that little screen pass to Adam Troutman and we saw what the Broncos were able to do off of that as well so I'm really really excited about a short passing game for this offense and I think especially in the red zone let the playmakers do the work. You don't have to throw the ball into the end zone every single time. All these low percentage, hey, here's a let's here's a fade, and let's go up and get it. I'm sick of the low percentage stuff. I think it's much higher percentage you let a guy who's good at yak take the ball in and break some tackles along the way rather than throw it up and hope that good things happen. So that's very very exciting to me.
0: Well, when you said glimpse, my mind automatically went to Mike McGlimpsey. Hopefully we see a lot of McGlimpses this upcoming season when he returns. But uh some quick injury updates before we obviously talk about the San Francisco game is you know, no PJ Lock, no Justin Simmons. Caden Stearns had a maintenance day during Thursday. Uh Mike McGlinchy and Brandon Johnson also working off on the side field and and getting some good work in there. So I think that's promising to see maybe where they're at with things. Nick Benito back on the field yesterday and also during Thursday's practice initially. So that's a good sign for him after he suffered the hip injury against the Cardinals last week. But Broncos country, Sarah and I, we're going to discuss what we want to see from the Broncos in Saturday's preseason action. You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Real quick, just want to say thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On NFL podcast, free and available everywhere you get your podcast or available on YouTube. Check it out today for the local experts on the biggest stories surrounding the National Football League. What is it that we want to see from the Denver Broncos in Saturday's second preseason matchup when they take on the San Francisco 49ers? Bless you, Sarah Bettinger, as he's sneezing on camera here. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you share with us as you're watching or as you're listening to this podcast what you want to see from the Broncos in Saturday's game here. Sarah, I'm going to start things. I'm going to open it up from you. From your perspective, when you look at this team, you look at this game, what do you want to see from the Broncos here on Saturday?
1: Well, I really want to see some good looks for Jaleel McLaughlin, right? We we saw him come in at the end of that first preseason game. I'll be excited to see him get some more work. Unfortunately, sounds like we are almost guaranteed to see that with Tyler Beatty. I guess I don't know his status, Cody, officially for this game. We'll find out, but really want to see Jaleel McLaughlin get additional work really looking forward to seeing the young wide receivers once again as they battle it out for three maybe four roster spots right now I guess depending on how many receivers the Broncos keep on the active roster who are they going to keep right I I guess I don't know at this point it sounds like some guys are maybe emerging but even if you consider Brandon Johnson up there his status is in question as he's still injured to me so I'm fascinated by that position. I'm fascinated by the offensive line. Specifically, I want to see who's starting this game at right tackle. I want to see when and where Cam Fleming plays. I want to know how how long these guys are going to play. And I want to see the backups play well. I want to see Demontre Jacobs and Alex Palcheski, the undrafted free agents, do a really good job at the tackle positions. Luke Wattenberg, is he the Broncos' best or top interior backup offensive lineman? I want to see him have a really, really good game. So I'm I'm going to be watching the offensive line very closely in this game, Cody, especially, obviously, we know Sean Payton is going to be watching for better protection there from the the guys up front. But I'm excited to see these backups as well and who emerges there. Well, let's take a
0: a little bit of a gander in from Sean Payton, because I asked him a question following Thursday's practice. What is it that he wants to see with the first team offense relative to whether or not San Francisco starters play Here's what he had to say. Yeah, you you know, you want to see the execution. Um, You know, you want to see a flow and a rhythm to the game. And ultimately, you want to see touchdowns. I mean, you know, that that's the main objective when you're playing on offense, um, a little bit better in protection. Um, just a lot of the details that, that we looked at from a week ago.
1: You love it. Yeah, you, you need to see that, right? We need to see him and the offensive line absolutely better in this game. The protection has to be better. And and I, I love that you asked that question, Cody, because for Sean Payton, it's like, what are you wanting to see from the offense? Like in this, in this game? Cause you, you can't show everything and teams don't right? They keep it pretty vanilla, but I would say, Sean Payton, I mean, he did a pretty good job of mixing things up. Like we saw Jalen Virgil as kind of a lead blocking H back at one point during the game. And we, we saw a lot of different things from different players. We saw the tight end screen to Adam Troutman. Like we saw a lot of different wrinkles thrown in the, the, the handoff to Jalen Virgil, even as well. Pass protection though has to be better. How many times have we touched on it on this podcast? If you can't protect the quarterback you can't really evaluate anybody else in the preseason. You have to have strong offensive line play throughout the course of a preseason game. If you want to get a clean eval on any of these other guys.
0: 100%. I mean, everything starts. like mean, you and I've said it so many times NFL games are won and lost based on trench warfare between offensive lines, defensive lines. And, and if you can cause havoc on an offensive line, if you're the defense, you have a good chance of creating more turnovers and having a better chance to win. But if you're struggling like the Broncos have had on the offensive side of the ball with protection, communication issues. It's going to be a little bit more of the same, which is why I know that they're really embracing the quick passing offensive game, but there's going to be times where the offense needs to be able to give Russell Wilson time to throw back there in the pocket to be able to have a clean opportunity for guys like Jerry Judy, guys like Corlin Sutton to get open. Here's what I want to see on Saturday. I mean, obviously, I think cliche, everybody stays healthy, both sides, both teams, You don't want to see anybody get injured or or, or miss any time due to, you know, a game that's in the preseason here cliche enough on the offensive side of the ball. You just want to see a clean operation. I would love to not see if three and out on the Broncos first offensive series. I don't even care if like Nick Bosa and the starters are playing at this point. Don't go three and out on your first one. Like have a drive there. Look, if you, if you end up having like six or seven plays and end up punting, that's fine, but sustain a drive for a tiny bit versus just, one play, two play, three play. All right, we're back off the field. And okay, defense is going to have to get a stop. Now, defensively, I would like to see if Patrick Sertan is playing, which I think he is, uh, and starters is going to play 20 to 25 snaps according to Peyton. I, I want to see the Broncos' first-team defense. I want to see them lock things up in the passing game. I want to see them get after the quarterback, right? Obviously, Elijah Garcia got some sacks a little bit later on in the game. You, you come in, Nick Benito gets a little bit of a half sack with Matt Henningsen. I want to see Randy Gregory, Frank Clark, or if it's Jonathan Cooper, whoever's starting, I want to see the starting guys get a sack. And I want to see, I want to see a takeaway here early on. If you can do that, I think that you build just some good momentum here. You see what guys can, can bring to the table here. And I think more importantly, kind of what Sean Payton wants to see. I think you and I are on the same page here. Broncos country as well, which young guys step up in the kicking game on defense, on offense, guys who had their first game action last week. Well, Hey, it was real. Now it gets even realer because there's more pressure with roster cuts looming after next week. Now's the time. You got to strike now while the iron's hot. And even Peyton shared some insight into his evaluation. He's like, okay, hey, if you, you're watching a game and a guy blocks a kick or returns a punt for a touchdown, it's like they kind of make it easy for you in terms of determining who's going to make the roster. So this is where you got to go and you got to make plays. These young guys have to go find a way to make it happen. I'm excited to see how it all plays out here, Sarah, but obviously. The Broncos will play on Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time against the San Francisco 49ers. Following the game, you can expect a post-game report from Sarah and myself here on Lockdown Broncos. You get it first on the YouTube page, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts afterward as well. Make sure you check out my written work covering the Broncos every single day for Mile High Sports at milehighsports.com. Check out Sarah over there at predominantlyorange.com, and we'll see you on Saturday for a post-game report. Broncos 49ers preseason game number two. We'll see you then.